Welcome to Get Closer to Your Core. I'm Dr. Debbie Maggots, and I am a New York-based psychologist. And the reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I have a passion and a very strong belief that self-awareness is your and mine, all of our real superpower. It's what gives us agency over our lives and really allows us to co-create our lives consciously versus being beholden to what we don't even know we're doing in the unconscious. And I also look at self-awareness as a lifestyle. So it's an ongoing pursuit to stay in the zone of awareness so we can consistently have agency over our lives. So I'm going to be talking about every topic under the sun from friendship to falling in love to career success and career setbacks and all under the umbrella of closer to your core awareness, themes and patterns that the people that I'll be talking to have had to overcome or some things that came naturally to them that helped them to succeed in these areas. And today I have um, my very first guest, my uh, a best friend of mine, so I'll put that out there, is Dr. <laughs> Jamie Shear. Um, Jamie has dual licenses. She's a naturopathic physician and a registered dietitian. She co-founded XFit Lab, which is a medical fitness testing service, which um, you should all check out, amongst a million other things that she's doing. And at the end, we'll give you all her information if you wanted to look her up. And I'm bringing Jamie on today um, for many reasons. First of all, we are super connected and we work closely together and we're both believers in the mind and body and wellness, but in how important it is to get to your core for your own growth. But I also know she uses it in her practice as a naturopathic physician, and I'll have her talk more about that. Mm -hmm. um, and also... She has helped me tremendously um, in so many ways, and maybe we'll get to that in a little bit as well, but mostly I want us to learn about Jamie. So welcome, Jamie, to oh, um, thank you for having me. my first installment of Getting Closer to Your Core. I'm and, honored to be number one. Well, listen, I, you know, <laughs> where else am I starting, my, my friend? Um, so, you know, I wanted to start off today by really starting down your career path, because we both know that we're drawn to our careers for certain reasons. If you get, if you get to your unconscious, if you get to your core, if you get to your awareness, it's not an accident in what careers we're drawn to. And I'd love to hear from you what you've learned about yourself and why you landed in the position of helping people heal their bodies, get well in their bodies, get fit in their bodies. Yeah. Man, that's a good question. You know, the irony is um, that I, I don't know what drew me to it young as much as I know that where I am now fits with the who I am now. And what I mean by that is like, I think I, I am blessed in a sense to say that I'm, I love what I do. I don't, there's not a day that goes by that I'm like, Oh, I have to do my work. I really, really love it. I don't know that I knew I would love it so much, right? So you fall into things. And, and as you know, better than anyone in the world, I'm, I'm here for patterned issues, young, young, young. But um, I think my earliest memory of sort of nutrition, if, if I go really, really far back, is that my mother has always been aware of food. And I was a collegiate gymnast and a competitive gymnast and a gymnast my whole life. 
So there was always a language around food, no matter where I went, whether it was home or in the gym, there was a language around what people were eating and how it made them feel. So it, it brought an awareness to me. I thought I'd be a health teacher. I thought I would teach health. My parents were both teachers. That was the thing I was going to do. I liked health. And so your parents are teachers. You like health, you become a health teacher. Um, and then I had a conversation once with a friend in high school who talked about a registered dietitian and I had never heard of it before in my entire life. I was like, what even is that? And they were like, oh, it's a nutritionist. So I went and, you know, feverishly uh, looked up what it was. And I was like, well, this is what I need to be, right? Because I didn't have to be a teacher. I didn't really want to be a teacher, but I didn't know what else to be because both my parents were teachers. Um, and so I, I pursued that in a very unorthodox way, if you will, um, which I think probably fits into my whole pattern of always choosing things that maybe weren't A to B or A to Z, but just sort of creating my own path there. So it's been a journey. Yes, but a journey mm -hmm. that... I mean, you say you don't know where it came from, but you actually just told us where it came from, right? <laughs> um, I guess because, I know where it came from. <laughs> do Dr. Jamie, if people don't know who she is, she's super self-aware. And so it, it was a combination. I mean, without getting into the depths and depths of her soul, mm -hmm. it was a combination of growing up, watching her mother be very health conscious, becoming a gymnast, which is very health conscious. And... Um, it was your way, I'm going to say, and you can dispute me, but I don't think I'm wrong about it, of sort of feeling whole and gaining some sort of semblance of control for yourself in sort of monitoring your body and your health and your food. Um, and But I will say in a very healthy way, not in an unhealthy way, but just very aware of it, um, I think. Well, I would agree. And, you know, that is, we don't have to go down that route because it's a whole nother contentious conversation around nutrition and disordered eating and eating disorders. And, um, you know, people will often ask me like, well, how are you a gymnast and how are you a nutritionist escaping the world of eating disorders? And mm -hmm. I have never had an eating disorder. And I usually just say to them, oh, well, there was plenty of chaos and disorder in my life. Right. And it showed up elsewhere. And so this actually was something that allowed me to feel controlled and sustained and, and knowledgeable and aware. I didn't, it wasn't chaotic, but there was plenty of that in other places. Yes. And I will just put a uh, stamp on it. And we'll move to another topic, but I've been around Dr. Jamie a lot and she's definitely controlled in that she's portioned, but mm -hmm. there's no food groups that Jamie does not eat. Um, and sometimes she'll indulge a little bit, but she doesn't in a way that's healthy. She'll look at the portion and she'll eat the portion. She won't overindulge like yours yeah. truly, but again, another, <laughs> another topic, another podcast. Um, so Based on what you know about yourself, and again, the topic is getting closer to your core. So we're looking for sort of like themes and patterns of my guests and your themes and patterns. And in your career success, I, I like to go two parts. I'd like to talk to, based on what was given to you young, right? For anyone who doesn't know, I believe everything is given to us young. It's who we are as we're born and how we interact in our environment and who our mothers and fathers are. And everything is sort of put into our subconscious or unconscious. By the age of six, we're, we're kind of fully cooked and everything just sort of sits down there. There are some things that we get young and it's a birth lottery, right? We don't know what we're gonna get that gives us the strengths of our present day. And, it, and some things come easy to us and some things, are in our way and we, and they sabotage us unknowingly. 
And the things that we do well, we actually don't get credit for it in terms of it just came naturally. It's the things that we sabotage that we work on and turn around that I give a lot of credit. So, so for instance, Jamie, I would say like your ability to stay controlled in your portions was kind of given to you. That doesn't come hard to you to do. I think I'm not saying you don't work hard on your fitness, but your ability to be controlled and portioned with your food you didn't have to work that hard for that, but you've mm-hmm. had to work plenty hard for other things. Mm-hmm. So how would you answer that in terms of your career and your success? What did you have to overcome and what came natural to you? Well, you just answered the come natural, right? There was, there's a natural draw for me to, um, be consistent with my food and my exercise. It's sort of what keeps me feeling, safe and healthy and happy. So where other people may struggle more in that sense, like, yeah, I could say that it's a little bit more natural of me to, uh, to feel consistent and controlled and happy in the choices that I make in my health and my, my wellness, my food, et cetera. So would you, so would you say that that was something that makes you very successful in your career? Because you really can, you talk your talk, you walk, your walk, you really know how to help people sort of get on that path that does feel healthy and well? Well, I think it's you? one foot, I think it's one foot in, in each side of it. So okay. on okay. one sense, yes, I can say that, you know, I can help people interpret what it means to create that for their own lives in different ways that I've created it for mine. On the other hand, it could be a hindrance to my success because if I didn't hold space for how people feel and find empathy and compassion for their own experience, then I could easily be interpreted as I don't understand. I've never experienced it. I don't know it. So, you know, sometimes we get really good at what we do because we, we have a shared experience of what someone's going through. And I don't know that I have that with a lot of the clients, right? So I don't experience what all of my clients experience in going through tumultuous relationships, whether it be with certain health conditions or their food in particular, but I can take those things from other areas of my life and I can translate them over to my profession, which will give me the um, capacity really to empathize and relate there and then language it back to what I'm good at, which is the food and the health and the wellness. So yeah, it's been, it's been really helpful in the progression of my success while simultaneously, it's something I've had to overcome when people feel like I couldn't possibly understand what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Can, can you give any type of like concrete example of what you're talking about that anyone who's listening can like maybe latch on to? Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to be really, uh, not simple, but, but common is probably the better word. I can say somebody that says that, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life and therefore you can argue that I've always been fit and always been strong and and thin. And I work in a field where people really, really struggle tremendously with weight. So there have been many occasions where I've worked with people and they want, they feel initially, at least before we really get deeper into what's going on, that there's no way I could understand how they feel or understand how hard it is to lose weight or understand, you know, the, the feeling of deprivation or restriction or any of those things of shame about how they look of the emotion that comes along with it. 
because they, they know that I haven't gone through that in my own life. And so that is an area where someone might say like, you, you just couldn't understand. Like people have said to me before, you know, you've always been thin. You could never understand it. Right. And then, and they're not wrong, mm-hmm. but it's then my job to make sure that they can feel supported and heard and allowed to have the space that they need to feel what they feel, but that I've felt something similar, just maybe not in the same topic. Mm-hmm. And do you share that you like an example of your own life where you have felt those things, even if it's not around weight or you just use that for yourself? Um, this is going to go back to the question that you asked before, which is one of the things that helped me become successful in my career, which is I pay a tremendous amount of attention to how the people around me feel in my family, in my friendships, in my work environments. And that's important to me. So I would argue that probably sometimes how other people feel is too important, but it's about reading where they are. Some people will want to know my stories or more about me because that will help them feel better. And other people, they don't want to know about me. They want it to be all about them. And that's what they need in the moment. So I think it's almost, it's almost um, looking beyond me and, and, into the person I'm working with and trying to understand like, what is it that they need in this very moment? Do they need to feel closer to me and understand a little bit more about who I am and I'm happy to share? Or do they just need to feel taken care of? Or do they need to feel angry? Or do they need to feel sad? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not the therapist, but I can relate those things back to how they acted out in their food. Mm -hmm. And that is a light bulb for so many people that I work with because they know how they feel but they don't always know how it shows up in the way that they eat or exercise or diet or however you want to call it. And this is why I love Dr. Jamie. Um, We're going to go back to a different question I asked, but I know this about her um, and the importance of getting to your core, not just when you're talking therapy, but when you're in your profession I know you utilize getting closer to people's core to help them heal their bodies physically. And that's why there's such a connect between the mind and body. And that's exactly what Jamie just talked to that. And she is expert at it. And what makes her, I mean, in my mind, different than any other naturopathic physician or registered dietitian, because she really takes into account the psychology behind what your gut is going through or why you can't lose weight or why you're binge eating or whatever the the topic du jour may be. Um, And we were just talking and you gave me a great example before we started recording this. And I'd love you to talk to, you know, obviously without using names, but a client that you worked with that was having a ton of issues with, I guess, allergies to food. And so if you could repeat that, I would love it. Cause I think it's a great yeah. uh, example of this. Yeah. Uh, this is somebody who came to me with just a, a lot of reactions to foods and feeling really lost. Like no matter what this person ate, there was always a hive, there was a rash, there was a stomach ache. There was, you know, uh, some sort of abnormal experience of the food, gas, bloating, maybe it was constipation or a loose stool or it was a rash, or it was a hive, or it was acne. And sort of there was this, I'm going to use the word chaos again. There was this chaos around food Um, and this tremendous insecurity about they didn't know what they could eat or how to eat, right? And it took us 
a few months to really just create a little bit of space for this person to be more mindful around the foods and how it was making them feel. And we didn't get into the psychology of it in, in her psychology, but we got into, you know, what's happening around your food. What is the experience? We started to separate experiences that she had with certain types of foods and were the things that she was feeling fear-based or were they actual reactions? And this happens if anyone's ever had you know, a bad reaction to a food, you become a little bit afraid of the food and is our similar foods going to bother you and you get nervous. And so, you know, she had a big, huge life change from moving from the Midwest to New York city. And that exacerbated some of these things. And then she was like, maybe I'm allergic to New York. Maybe there's mold in my apartment. There was all these things like this uncertainty around like what's making me feel so bad. And everything that was making her feel bad was believed to be an external force. It had to be mold in the apartment. It had to be something she was eating. It had to be right. And and often that is very true for people. But in this situation, by working with her and the vast majority of foods that she was saying that she reacted to, I knew in my head that there wasn't a pattern between the foods. So I started to think, okay, well, she's definitely not feeling good from food. But because the foods are so wildly dispersed amongst the group, and this is sort of where I do my work on the science side of it and the food side of it, I can pattern into if there are true reactions to foods or gut reactions happening. And I picked up a little bit on that, like there was a a huge uh, emotional capacity to turn food into a problem, not in an eating disorder way, but in a true worry way. And we slowly started to create confidence around foods. I would help her understand that like, you know, just because there may be a sensitivity to a cashew doesn't mean cashew butter is the problem. Or, you know, I don't know if that was actually an uh, example, but um, she started to feel so much more confident in her foods and feel better. Her mucus cleared up, her bloating went away. She felt like her skin was getting better. And over time she started to, you know, exercise and feel good in her body and lose weight. And it was really like an aha moment where she was just, wow, I feel so much better. And we hadn't connected it emotionally directly, but helped her around what does food look like and how do we get it to make you feel good? And that was always the goal of our visits. Like, I want to make you, I want to help you feel that no matter what you're eating, you feel good from it. Um, and we did. And over you know the course of time, she felt great. And then this past fall, she came back to me and she was a wreck. And it was the skin reactions were back and the stomach. And she said, I don't know what I did. We've been good for so long. I figured this all out. Now I just feel, you know, back to square one and completely lost. And again, it's just, you know, most of my visit is listening, is listening to people. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to say less and listen more. And when that happens, I usually get, you know, much better results. Um, And so I let her talk and I asked a few little questions here and there. And and I said to her, you know, I think that there's got to be something that created a lot of change for you in this past week. Like something's not fitting. And she's like, well, you know, I had to put my cat down and I look, well, I'm sorry to hear that. What do you mean? She's like, well, you know, I have two cats and I got them, you know, when I was in high school and they're 17 years old and they moved with me here to New York and I had to put one of them down. And it was like, matter of fact. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And she's like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's really, you know, it's sad, but you know, it's a cat and there people have worse problems in this world. And as soon as she said that, I was like, "Uh Oh, Mm -hmm. so I said, I asked her, you know, well, are you feeling sad? 
She's like, well, I haven't shed a tear. And then a little while later, I just asked a few more questions about the cat and the relationship. And it was like, that's it. Floodgate open, waterworks. And I was like, well, you know, it's actually very hard for me not to use the name here because I'm so com- like so close yes. to, to the yeah. person, right? So I said to her, I said, well, um, that's when all this stuff came back. And she's like, oh my God, I didn't even put it together. And I said, well, I don't think that it's a coincidence. Mm-hmm. I think that the trauma and the grief and the sadness and the shutting it down and the putting the cat to sleep and having to go back to work the next day and other people have worse problems. Like you literally just bottled everything up and your weakness came right back, right? You're not allergic to these foods. There's nothing wrong with you. Your gut actually responded to stress. And I often do a pretty good um, description for people around how stress affects our gut, like actually physiologically so that they can understand that this is not made up in their head, but it's a manifestation of their emotions. And within a week, she was back to feeling good. And, you know, that, that was the example. And I love this story <laughs> and everyone can see like, you know, you have to get down to what's going on for somebody emotionally. And I will attest, and I think Jamie will agree, the more she got in touch with herself, the more she grew, the more she changed, the more she got to the depths of her unconscious, the better and better she got in her space in life as a naturopath. Um, not that she wasn't always good. She always, obviously the talent was there. The smarts were there. The ability was there, but she got better and better because she got to know herself. And the more you get to know yourself, the better you are at helping someone else know themselves. And so she's able to do that in the terms of healing physically, but always uses the emotional always, always did. She just knows more now. So she does it more. Um, So I love that story. So the one thing that I would love you to answer that you didn't is um, if you want to share something that you learned about yourself that is a core theme for you that you have to constantly monitor to keep out of your way to sort of forge forward in success. You know, I always talk about we have themes and our issues and our triggers don't disappear as we learn about them. We just start to shrink their power. You know, the more we grow, the more we we gain mastery over our issues. But there's always a few themes that if we're not paying attention, can come back and sabotage our success or our growth or our well-being. So is there anything that you know about you that you're willing to share? Yeah. Um, in terms of career success, mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, yeah. So this is a hard one to answer quickly, right? Cause I just yeah. want to like, <laughs> tell you everything about me right now, all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> so one of my patterns is that I have learned early on family and gymnastics that, you know, you can pivot to not feel and continue to be successful, right? So from my youngest years, like not being successful was never an option and failing was never an option. And, you know, there was always this piece of me that was very driven to to be good, to be successful. But what it did was it created a space that never allowed me to actually feel what I needed to feel. So I would just 
operate. And I would just, you know, operate onto the next, onto the next. And I did that through my career, especially in the beginning. And where it was problematic is that because I didn't want to feel scared or nervous and because I didn't want to fail, I would play it very safe. I was very good at what I did, but I knew how to be good at what I did. And that, although I could still look back and say, well, I'm still successful. The fear of feeling sad or feeling defeated or feeling like a failure or the fear of whatever it was that wasn't just Jamie is good at what she does and she won't let anyone down and she's always going to make the right decision, right? Like that was me, like, and on some level it still is me, but with more awareness, um, there were opportunities that I didn't take or didn't consider because although I probably would have gained tremendously from them, I stood in my own way by needing to be perfect and everyone had to see what I wanted them to see. And I couldn't possibly be, you know, um, I couldn't possibly show any emotional weakness or um, or weakness in any, in any capacity. And I think over time in life, what that has taught me is if someone said now, like, what would you do differently in your career? I would probably niche sooner, right? I was always afraid if I niched, then what if that didn't work and then I'd fail or that would limit me and people wouldn't want to see me. Like, these are just very superficial things that I can think of, but also, you know, bigger things in my practice of like, you know, I'm now advanced in the field but I'm advanced because I've done things this way every single time, right? And now I look at around and see all the opportunities in the field that were there before. And I wonder why I don't have them. And it's because I was afraid to take them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I love your candor and your honesty. Um, and this is something that Dr. Jamie is constantly monitoring. And if she's not on top of it, goes right back into that space because we Mm -hmm. talk about it all the time. And then as soon as she recognizes she's in that space, she moves herself out of that space again. But this is a core theme um, of yours. And thank you. I really appreciate you bringing that up um, because I think it's important that people look from the outside in and look at you and, you know, you're amazing and successful and all of those things. And, and that's, that's for everybody. It's like the Instagram world, but it's not true that there aren't struggles behind the scenes or there aren't things that we all have to work on no matter what it looks like or what it appears to be. And so that was great. Um, my, you know, I, we're nearing the end and, you know, I was thinking that as I do this podcast, I love this question because listen, I don't believe in living in regret at all. Like the past is the past. We learn from it. We grow from it. We gain lessons from it. But I also talk to over 40 people a week for the last 25 <laughs> years and, and I live in my own skin. And so I thought a, a nice, fun question, and you might've even just answered it, but I would want something more specific of like knowing what you know now going into our core, seeing what our, you know, our things are, is there something that you ever really think about very specifically that if you only knew then what you know now, you would have done different, said different, acted different. I mean, I know I have my thing in my head. Um, You know, you said if you had known in your career earlier, maybe you would have niched um, sooner, but is there a specific memory you have? And if you don't, that's okay. I just figured I would ask. 
I don't know if there's a specific one. I mean, I definitely, um, I definitely think, you know, being afraid to be great at like, you know, niching and, and sort of being afraid to own that space or being afraid to be vulnerable. Um, I think I would have probably made very different financial decisions because Mm -hmm. I've learned so much about, you know, what it means to be successful and financially successful as an adult that I had no idea of at, you know, Mm -hmm. 20. Um, It's really hard to think of like a, a very specific example, because one of the things that I talked to just with you before was like, there's always for me a pivot, right? So like every area of my life, like I went, I wanted to be a nutritionist. I was going to be a registered dietitian, but I decided to go to a school that didn't have a nutrition program. Right. (laughs) And like, and, and therein lies needing to figure out how to make that happen or, you know, being a gymnast and getting an injury that didn't allow me to do gymnastics anymore and picking up diving because of it. So I think I, I say those things because they actually covered up so many of the things I needed to deal with. So I guess right. the, the question, the bigger answer without people really knowing me is that like, if I had to go back, I, I maybe wouldn't always jump to the next thing so quickly. Maybe mm-hmm. I could explore something even longer and see the journey that it could have taken me on. Okay. I I'll take it. I think that that is, you know, something for us to think about also. I mean, I think that's great. Um, so I will leave today saying just very quickly, um, Dr. Jamie, I mean, literally a diamond in the rough (laughs) for anyone who doesn't know me, I've gone through a variety of sort of health things from celiac disease to, um, I've had to have many surgeries with left me on hormone replacement. I don't have a gallbladder. I am a vegan, (laughs) self-imposed vegan. Um, I had a lot of digestive issues. I mean, it's just been, you know, and I've gone through a lot of surgeries, which then messes up your gut and I'm filled with yeast. I'm just saying all of this because each and every time along the way, Dr. Jamie has literally gotten me back to like great functioning. Like right now I'm as good as new as if nothing ever happened. So, and it's because she's brilliant at her craft, but she's also so self-aware, you know, even with me and I, you know, I am the psychologist and I've been working on this stuff forever. She will point out things to me about myself. I'll be like, right. Thanks, Jamie. Like I'll forget the things or if I'm stuck, she'll point something out to me. So she's super talented in that way. And and which to me makes her very different than any other doctor of any kind that I've ever come across in, in my um, lifetime. And that's been many. Um, Is there anything else you would like to say, Dr. Jamie, before we leave? Um, I'd also like you to tell everyone where they can find you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're doing here is incredible. I think, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of psychology out there. Um, and it, and it makes sense for people on a superficial level for most, if they haven't been in through the depths of psychology, but what you're doing is you're helping, or at least from my perspective, like this is showing people how, what they feel matters at a much deeper level. And I think that's, that's really cool to actually see it. We, we can all be told what it is, but very rarely are we shown 
how it happens. And mm-hmm. this is such a cool opportunity to do that. Um, I just, you know, I always joke around that, it, and it's not really a joke, but I always say that everyone who comes to see me, I some at some point in our in our process, they get put into therapy, right? Because <laughs> if you're listening, um, you know, food is social, it's emotional, it's cultural, it's experience, it's nurture, it's punishment, it's childhood. And so we don't escape issues around food, wellness, health without having to tackle some of those bigger things. And so, you know, there's a million nutritionists and a million diets out there and they all serve a good purpose, but they all serve a temporary purpose if they're not helping you get closer to your core. So I think that this work that you're doing is awesome because it is the uh, foundation for which people can be sustainable in the change that they're looking for. Thanks, Uh, Dr. Jamie. I I agree. (laughs) Thank you, love. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I mean, if, if you're listening, like, you know, start to explore your own stuff. And, and I always say, what, where does that come from? What's underneath it? Even, you know, Dr. Debbie taught me this, no matter what I'm feeling, okay, well, this is what I'm feeling, but what's underneath it. And then when I figured that out, like what's underneath that, because the ocean floor never ends. Yes. Um, Never ends. So yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I mean, I love doing these kind of things. So thanks for coming on. So we can find Dr. Jamie, give your website and your Instagram. It is actually the same thing. It's just my name. So it's J-A-I-M-E-S-C-H-E-H-R. Um, that is my website. That is also my Instagram. So it's at Jamie Shear or jamieshear.com. And you can find me there. And I can't wait to be back on this podcast again. I'll talk to you every day. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Jamie. Yay, take care.